Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on today's show, we're going to cover a little bit of news. Yes, there is sadness in the news, and we're going to preview the AFC South. But uh, I'll tell you who's here with me. He's never bad news. He's always good news. He brightens my day each and every Tuesday evening on YouTube and Wednesday via podcast. He is the man of the hour. He is the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's up, buddy? Nothing. Excellent intro, as always. I didn't realize we were starting. You did the countdown. You said, I'm going to try this fancy new countdown. And next thing I knew, we were live and we were rolling. So uh, they, they catch us rolling. They hating. <laughs> but uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what we're hating on right now. We got, we got some bad news. And we're yeah, going to slowly start grooving the 2021 season show format on... The, the podcast. So tonight, Jerry, we're going to have good takes. I'm sorry, good people with bad takes. We're going to have a couple of news stories, and then we're going to preview the, the AFC South from a dynasty perspective. No one gives a shit that they have new offensive coordinators here, a new head coach. No one cares. No one cares. All they care about is how this impacts their dynasty roster. Should we be trading? Should we be buying? Should we be selling? That's all we care about. So no, we're not going to talk much about Urban Meyer or Daryl Bevel or uh, the, the, the guy who took over for Arthur Smith in, in Tennessee. We're just going to talk about dynasty value. But one thing I want to talk about just real, real quick is the YouTube. So you can find all of the podcasts over there. But uh, next Monday, Jerry can't make it. Jerry has real-world responsibilities. But stupid. me, stupid, me, Dr. Kyle, Kyle from the Fantasy Football Smackdown, and Jake, we're going to be doing a live mock draft on Monday night for a Tuesday edition of the Fantasy Football Smackdown podcast. Jerry, they're a lot more fun on YouTube. You can see the draft board. I tell you, Sleeper is very photogenic. You know I don't love the the service as much as others, but extremely photogenic over there. Yeah, they, it's the only way to do it, honestly. That, that, that platform is really the only place we can do something like that, and it is very photogenic. Randy, look look at look at this man's face. Like, does that man say he wants bubbly cartoons in his fantasy football? Dude, it's the no, worst. No, he does not. It's the worst, but you know what? I, it's growing on me. All of our patron leagues are hosted on, are hosted on the, the sleeper space, and 
So you know that the fellows at the FF Smackdown, they're going to be starting two shows a week in September. Well, we're going to start doing a live Wednesday Q&A. It's going to be some combination of Jake, Kyle, Dr. Kyle, and myself every Wednesday night live on YouTube, and it's going to be redraft format. It can be from a seasonal standpoint. You know, if, if you're a Dynasty uh, player and you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, I might throw you a bone. I might check it out. Uh, but make sure you're signed up to the YouTube because that's going to be like the precursor to the Sunday shit show. You know, where we're talking all sorts of football from 1130 until 1 on football Sundays. Jerry, five-star reviews. Didn't get any, but we'd love to have more of those. Uh, you can find us on social media at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Jerry, now are you going to be able to come back with me on Friday for the other half of the Dirty South? And I blame Ludacris, by the way. I can't hear the word South without putting the word dirty in front of it because of Ludacris. Is that, fa first of all, can you make it? Second of all, is it fair for me to blame Ludacris for calling everything the Dirty South? Uh, yes, I can make it. Um, and no. This is ludicrous. Listen, we grew up in the generation where Ludacris was one of the people that ruled the world, and he changed everything. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, baby. No, that's my man. Welcome to Atlanta. Jerry, I was not expecting a, uh, a welcome to Atlanta where the players well, play. Well, so, some of his other songs I can't sing on this show. We will be banned faster than uh, Well, it's I copyrighted, Jerry. Right. I'm, I'm, you would be totally down to uh, spit some bars but uh, not not so fast, my friend. So we're going to take a quick word to hear a word from our patron. So here we go. Have you been afraid to dip a toe in the world of Dynasty Fantasy Football? Have you heard about Dynasty Fantasy Football on one of the national redraft pods? And now you're curious to join a league? Do you not know where to start or how to get better? Are you looking for a place to ask questions? Questions that maybe would make you feel like you would get put down on social media? We all have. Or I should say, we all used to feel that way until we started patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. It's where new Dynasty gamers, intermediate Dynasty gamers, and the ultra-sharp Dynasty gamers all converge to come and hang out and talk football 24-7. No, really. It's a 24-7 group chat thanks in part to the best international patrons in football. I'll put our group in our group chat up against any group chat in Dynasty Fantasy Football, period. It's a place of community. It's a place of interaction. It's a place where you'll get better at Dynasty Fantasy Football with so many like-minded people looking to destroy their Dynasty Leagues. And get in while the getting's good. You know I love value. And you'll have a hard time getting better value for your money than with Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone right now. We'll be introducing a tiered Patreon, which is something commonly found on Patreon, to allow each Dynasty gamer to choose what level of support they want with their Dynasty teams. But all tiers will be included for those that join at the current and historical rate of $5 a month from now through July 31st. That's about two weeks to lock in the old rate between now and July 31st. Now, every podcast has given you player valuations, but there are so few shows that focus on how to actually build a roster. That's where I take what I do on the Fantasy Fixer Upper and really go into a deep dive on strategy, how-tos, and overall advice on building and sustaining a roster from your startup to your rebuild and to your championship. There's an entire archive of over 100 
mostly strategic-based pods, and there's more on the way. There's also information and how-tos for aspiring podcasters. We have three of our patrons that are creating content for their patron mates right now. They have also worked with me behind the scenes on how to start a show, do's and don'ts for podcasters, how to attain sponsors, and much, much more. One-on-one time with me is another thing that we do at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. And being a patron is the only way to make it on the fantasy fixer upper. But it's not all about the show. I trade DMs with all patrons, do one-on-ones via telephone, and more. You said you wanted to get better. So take advantage now before rates and tiers change in August over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. There's no better time than now to join. So what are you waiting for? And if you're watching live on YouTube, you'll have to go back and listen to the podcast version to hear that commercial because we are not going to do that live on the the Twitter and YouTube show. But you know all about patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So, Jerry, here you go. Are you ready for our new hit segment? <laughs> okay. Wait, are, are we talking – we're talking uh... – Good people, bad tweets, baby. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. The, 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 first of all, I'm not going to go too in-depth on it, but Kyle Yates today literally shit in his hands and got it all over himself. <laughs> he did. All, all, all right. I mean, we're I mean he, he apologized and, you know. Yeah, but, but know, it's a half-hearted I, apology at best. You know, here's the, here's the thing. If you want a victory lap because you called Daryl Henderson, fine. That's some Bush League amateur level BS that I would expect of a guy who's just trying to get his voice out there. Hey guys, I'm new. I'm new here. Uh, I nailed this call. I thought Daryl Henderson would have some value if Cam Akers got hurt. It's not the kind of thing I expect out of a tenured, long-term professional. This is this man's career. A professional broadcaster to go running, look at me, look at me, look at me. I got something right. Come on, dude. You've been doing this for a hot minute. You're a professional. Fucking act like it. I mean, am, am, I, am I going overboard? Am I taking this too far? I don't care about what he said. I, I care about who said it and why. I mean, it's Bush League. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not Bush League. But at the same time, you know, we, we had a little chat about this in one of our, our league chats that we all have together. Um, it sort of goes without saying that you feel bad for Cam Akers, right? Like, like I don't have to say, you know, I, I am sorry that this happened, but, you know, I don't have any Cam Akers share. I, I've been on the show telling you I don't have Cam Akers share, so it doesn't affect me at all. But at the same, like you just, I don't know. Read the room. Like it's 2021. Like this is this isn't 1998 where you can get away with some stuff like that. This is this is 2021. There there are things. There are repercussions to every action. You got you just got to be smarter and, and or come genuine with it. Come genu- the the apology was a little half assed, and you know. Especially if you're fantasy pros, guys, you guys have had more controversy than a little bit, and we're not talking about. And that's your bit. You guys have put your foot in your effing mouths over the last year several times. So yeah, this be, one's be smarter. Yeah. Like whoever's at the top of fantasy pros, you got to shake your crew and just y'all be better. Yeah, and and the tweets got deleted. So let, listen, yeah. we all want to be right. We you know. I will be the first to admit I took a grandstand lap. I love seeing everybody out in the Twitter sphere talking up my man Cooper Cup. I'm the OG Cooper Cup stand in, in this dynasty space. I've been talking about him. It led to my famous rift with Matt Kelly of 
the Roto Underworld group. But uh, I'm ready to get into my next my next bit. Um, but Jerry's computer has frozen up. Jerry, are you still there? I am. I am here. I hear you just fine. Perfect. Can you hear it's, me? I can hear you okay. great. Well, when I was when I was talking about fantasy pros, I shook my computer a little bit, and I think I jostled the Ethernet cable. Yeah, that's you, why I can't you, have nice things in this house. Th- this is you. You can't let your real personality come out to shine. So our our actual. Our actual good person, and this person is a good person. He's very entertaining, yep. a lot, a lot of fun to uh, interact with on Twitter. He and I are tagged in a lot of trade and dynasty questions. But it's Elvin Ryan underscore FF at Elvin Ryan underscore FF. This is the guy whose biggest tweet was the one that was really funny about um, uh, Travis Ma- uh, uh, Tyron Matthew uh, playing Xbox after the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. It's got like <laughs> It's got like 12,000 likes. It's, it was a great tweet. This one, this is a bad take. He's a good person with a bad take. David and, 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 and Elvin says, David Montgomery could have over 350 touches this season, and he's still being drafted behind 20 other RBs. Wake up. Jerry, now you brought this one to me. This one was your, was your submission for good person, bad take. I'll let you take the floor. You know as well as everybody else that's listening right now. I'm a person that likes David Montgomery. I I have been in on him. I like guys that people are genuinely not huge fans of. Now, clearly Elvin is the same way and he's sort of bringing it to light. I just think he's reaching a little bit. Um, You know, as my thesis advisor would say, Jerry, you are reaching too far with this argument. You're going to need more proof behind that. And there is something about 350 touches that just feels so unbelievably wrong. I I mean, you look at what Christian McCaffrey did in 2018. Guy was an absolute monster, had 1,800 yards, ripped the world apart, didn't have 350 touches. Now, Now, he did in 2019, don't get me wrong. So he needs to be what Christian McCaffrey was in 2019, where he was a super freak to get to 350 touches. Now, Going into Christian McCaffrey's rookie season, so his second season where he didn't even hit 350 touches, he had 80 receptions as a rookie. David Montgomery, at this point in his career, doesn't have 80 receptions. He has consistently been around 240 rushes. In his first season, he had 242. In his second, he had 247. That means he needs to hit 100 receptions to get into that mark. Now. I guess a little bit less because there's a 17th game, but my goodness, this man has had 25 receptions and 54 receptions. How much more of a workload are we going to see? He's already gotten a giant workload for the Chicago Bears, and that was with Tariq Cohen out. Now, Tariq Cohen might miss a, miss a few games. He's not going to miss a whole season again. You know, He's going to be in there. He's a great pass catcher. He's going to get the touches that he needs. I like David Montgomery. I like Elvin Ryan. I think he's a great follow. One of the few people that I'm not embarrassed to follow on Twitter nowadays. I did not like that at all. I thought that was a super stretch. David Montgomery's good, and I 100% agree that he is disrespected in this platform, in this community that you know that we are all in and obsessed with. 350 though, Randy, you're not a David Montgomery guy. Right. So, I'm so not. that's not, yeah, nope. I mean, I, we just did one of our Patreon drafts a few weeks ago, not the one that we're, we're co-owning together. And I got berated for it. 
because because I oh there was the mock draft that's what it was I I took him in the third round I got berated for it I like deservedly it. so it which is fair but bro 350 touches is a lot man like you're expecting him to increase his reception workload almost double that is just it's unobtainable that's all I will say if you want to say David Montgomery is disrespected. I will get a flag, I will stand behind you, and I will wave that ugly Chicago Bears symbol and agree with you. This, though, my friend, it was a stretch, good person, bad take. Randy, your turn. You, you, my turn? Well, I'm going to back my, my opinion up on this with data because I just don't want to come at it with my opinion and, you know, this is a bad take. It's a bad take because the Bears, believe it or not, now you think of the Bears, you think of play defense, run the football, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, the Bears last year ranked 27th in total rush attempts. They rushed the ball 393 times last year. They also rushed the ball the 27th most times by percentage. So only five teams rushed the ball less than Chicago last year. So for for David Montgomery to get, um, for him to get that number of of touches, 350. I would say just going off of his receptions last year, um, you know, he, he he had a career high. Um, uh, I've got his pages blended together, but I think he had about 50, 50 yeah, receptions. Was, I think it was 54. 54 is correct. And so for him to get 350, that means it just if he just repeats 54, which I don't think he does, right. he would have to get 296 carries. I don't see a world where David Montgomery gets 296 carries. First of all, look at the Bears' schedule in 2021. It is brutal. They play some of the toughest defenses in the league, and per Warren Sharp's um, projected win total model, which what he does is he takes every team's projected win total and he uses that to calculate strength of schedule. The Bears have one of the top 10 toughest strengths of schedule using that model. So to get 300 carries, you'd have to be ahead a lot. You're going to be in the midst of a QB change. We all want to see Justin Fields, right? You want to see Justin Fields. I want to see Justin Fields, right? Absolutely. Okay, well, if Justin Fields comes in, do you think he's going to snag a rushing attempt or two or five? I I would bet he does. Okay, cool. So Tariq Cohen's back. Do you think Tariq Cohen steals a rushing attempt or two or eight a game? Yeah. Okay. They they also brought in Damian Williams, who's yep. familiar with his system from his time with Matt Nagy when they were in Kansas City together. Do you think Damian Williams snags a rush attempt or two or five a game? I'm sure he did. They didn't bring him in to not do it. And and, and, and all of this without talking about those gentlemen, Cohen and Williams, cutting into his receiving work. There is not a world where David Montgomery sniffs 350 touches in a season, even in a 17-game season. That would be just over 21 touches combined rushing attempts and receiving uh, catches per per game. It just doesn't happen. Now, if you said 250, two, I'm in. That's about 15 a game. Totally behind I mean, if, you, if you, said, if you said 300, I'm and in. Dude, you're, you're still pushing it. You're, 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 you're up to like 18. I think that's too many. I, I, I think 18 is, 17 to 18 is too many. I, th- I think if he gets 15 a game... Is he going to repeat his top five PPR finish from last year? No, he is not. But is he going to be a, a, a solid RB1 in that Josh Jacobs range of 
RB 10 through 15. Yeah. And that's a hell of an asset. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a reusable asset. But to say that this guy is going to get 350 touches just by looking at the math and the data of the team and the people that are, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot of, a lot of touch theft to keep him below this number. So I think if you said 250, we're not having this conversation. But you said 350, it's ludicrous. Speaking of ludicrous, Jerry, that's what made this that's, a ludicrous. Yeah. That's what makes <laughs> that's Elvin. The mantra of this episode. That's what makes Elvin a good guy. But that's what makes this a bad take. The math just doesn't check out. So um, let's move on to our next subject. Our next subject is going to be some news. Now training camp actually starts on Wednesday. If you're listening to this via the podcast. The Dallas Cowboys open up camp today on the 21st. That's because they're in the Hall of Fame game. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers open up on Friday. The bulk of the rest of the league opens up on the 27th, which is next Tuesday. So we are going to start working in some bigger nuggets of news. And we'll work in some other news in the rest of our previews going forward. But uh, Jerry, there was no sadder news to see today than then Rams running back Cam Akers. I'm going to read a tweet from uh, Ian Rappaport via Tom Pelissero. And it says, The torn Achilles for Rams running back Cam Akers, reported by Tom Pelissero, happened yesterday. It's always bad. Just a week before camp is extra brutal. He'll miss 2021, but has plenty of time for 2022. Now, I know a lot of people are throwing out worst-case scenario and no one's ever come back from this. And yada, yada, yada. You know what? We're going to get a good case study of something very similar to this this year. And that's going to be Marlon Mack with the Colts. He tore his Achilles in week one last year versus the Jags. And so that would be about a six-week offset from the injury now to what Marlon Mack has. So we're going to start seeing Marlon next week. We're going to see him in camp. We're going to see him running around out there. How's he cutting? How's he jumping? How's he moving? But, uh, Jerry, what was your initial reaction from a dynasty standpoint about Cam Akers? Well, I got the notification from Sleeper. And, of course, I had to scroll. I had an ungodly amount of notifications from every leak chat I was in. But I saw the Sleeper update, so I thought I was getting a trade. So I scrolled down to that, uh, and I saw exactly the verbatim what you just said. And the only words that came out of my mouth were, holy shit. Because this is one of those things that you don't want to see. Like, we sit here and we do this show and we debate players and I like this guy and you like this guy. But what we like is more players that are good, right? Because it makes what we do easier. It makes the game better. To see someone like Cam Akers go down with an Achilles. Like, this isn't an ACL. This isn't a he punched somebody in a bar. This is a big one. Uh, This is the big one, really especially at the position that he's in is it was tough, man. You know, like I said earlier, like selfishly, it didn't affect me because I don't have Cam Akers shares, but it's tough. Like I I know the feeling I have been pretty unlucky with a lot of these right lately. I had a lot of Dak last year. I had a lot of Sutton last year. I've had Darius Geis a ton. I had Le'Veon the year he sat out. Like a lot of these bad luck incidences, I have taken right on the chin. So I know what a lot of you are going through. I had Andrew Luck in an ungodly amount of leagues, right? So it, it's tough. And it's hard to overcome these sorts of things. What I am going to say now is the best advice I can give you. Don't overreact. 
Like if you have Cam Akers, right, and you sell today, you're a dope. There, there is absolutely nothing else I can say to you other than you are an absolute dope. Do not do that. This man, if you just sit, because right now you're you're going to get a wet sock for him, right? Like I, I've been seeing trades out there that say he's you're going to get a second for him. Kiss my ass. I'm not doing that. I'll just hold on to Cam Akers. This time next year, right? We are going to have a 23-year-old running back who is 13 months past this injury, right? 13 months of recovery. You are going to tell me that the entire community has invested so much in Cam Akers. He's 13 months past the injury. He's only 23 years old. Like Marlon Mack is a good test subject, and I'm sure you're going to talk about it a little bit further. But he's not 23. Like this man is young. This man can bounce back. If I fell when I was 23, I, you know, I rubbed a little dirt on it and I was good. You know, you get a little older, that that kind of stuff isn't going to happen. The hype will come back. Even if you don't trust his production into the future, there will still be an opportunity for the value to rebound. So don't do anything stupid. You you just have to pretend he does not exist. Put him on your taxi squad. Put him at the end of the roster. Forget that he exists until next offseason. And when that time comes around and you're looking at your team, then you can go, okay, perfect. Then you can switch it. So, Randy, you're a man that likes Cam Akers. You have Cam Akers. What, how, what did I mean, this do to you emotionally, you know, in the dynasty world? Like, I, I know it had to suck for you because you have shares, and he's – if you have Cam Akers on your team, he is a big part of your team. You know, it, it's a gut punch. That's the only way to describe it, especially on a contender. I, I Just for me, I am going to continue to try to contend. But he's the kind of guy that I am going to wait. And I want to get into about week four or five. And I'm going to look at my roster. Am I still competing? Did maybe a rookie or someone? Because, you know, it, it, guys, it's, it's fucking July. There's no time. This is not the time to burn the ships. Does it suck ass? Yes, it does. Could it be better? Yes, it could. But you know what? I'm just going to lay out. You know what? M- maybe instead of my RB2's got to be my RB1, my RB3's got to be my RB2, and I might have to hope to get some contributions out of some other guys. But if I'm rocking along, also by week four or five, there are going to be teams out of it. That's when you can go to those teams, and maybe at that point you can get a veteran. Maybe you can get a Chris Carson plus for Cam Akers. And you just got to have transparent, honest conversations. Hey, look, I noticed that you're in the tank. You know, Cam Akers is going to do a lot of good things for you. I need Chris Carson and a, and a first next year um, or maybe a 2023 first. And, you know, you can make Chris Carson part of your rebuild. He's going to be 23 this time next year. He would still have three years under the age apex for, for a running back, even coming off of the Achilles. And, you know, you'll be able at that point to look at some Marlon Mack and and potentially be like, hey, but I didn't want you just to take our word for it. Now, I am going to play this soundbite for our YouTube listeners. Um, So if you're watching on YouTube, we are here. The voice you're going to hear right now is that of Dr. Kyle Bowser. For those that are new to the show, Kyle is a board-certified doctor of physical therapy in New York City. He works with many pro athletes, including athletes in the NFL. And I'm going to share with you guys Kyle's take on the situation with 
Cam Akers and his Achilles. This is about a three and a half minute bite from Dr. Kyle, but please enjoy it while uh, while you're considering what to do with Cam Akers. Here we go. Memphis, Jerry, good to see you guys. Thanks, Jerry. You're looking. Memphis. Oh, thanks. You look like you've been working out too. Yes, I have been working out. Nah, I'm messing with you guys. Uh, Dr. Kyle here via voicemail for Memphis because we had to hit this one tonight. And I couldn't be there for the live pod. We had some breaking news today. Cam Akers, season-ending injury, Achilles tendon tear. Pretty devastating, pretty brutal. I think we all probably reacted appropriately for the most part today. This was a guy who a day ago was probably, I think for most people, he was a top 10 dynasty running back. Great redraft. Probably top 10, top 12, maybe 14, depending on how you thought he was the backfield in the the Rams' backfield was going to shake out for the passing game. But I'm here to, I think, go against the grain. Spent a lot of time on Twitter today, more, more so than usual. You know, I, I'm not digging deep into the research myself, but thanks to some of the guys that are already out there in Twitter space that don't have, you know, wives, dogs, kids, families, etc., or they do, and they're just getting more dedicated than I am. It's my humility there. But they're doing a good job of, of digging up some of the research, and on the surface, some of the research looks like, you know, Kim Akers' career is in jeopardy. And we don't know anything. We don't know who's doing the surgery. We don't know who's doing rehab. We don't know what his strength and conditioning is like currently, what it'll be in six months from now. I, I do wonder what it was like today and the weeks or months leading up to today uh, that led to the rupture before even getting to camp. But that's neither here nor there. But I'm, I'm here to say, if you have him, hold him. And if you don't, go kick the tires on him. Because I have already talked to some guys who have made moves to pick him up in an FFPC, Superflex Dynasty League. My man Brian sold uh, Elijah Moore in a second and got him. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, Elijah Moore, he's hot shit right now. Okay, yeah, he's crushed Jets rookie camp. Just like everybody crushed camp except, I don't know. But you, you get my point here. That's, that's basically two seconds for Cam Akers, who was a top 22 dynasty pick, super place dynasty pick a day ago. And I know you're thinking, like, well, why, why do we think Akers is now a buy or a hold? Well, for starters, the sample size of NFL players that have torn their Achilles, uh, offensive players that have torn their Achilles, is pretty small to begin with. But of that sample, not many of them, if any of them, have or had the draft capital that Cam Akers has. And we know that's important because that shows how dedicated a team is to a guy. They're willing to say, we think that this guy is X number out of X, you know, three, uh, 300 guys. Like, we think he's this good, so we prioritize him over the, the, the rest of the guys. Not only that, but the Rams sent Malcolm Brown packing. So they basically pushed their chips all in on Akers, who's only going into the second year of his rookie deal. I can't remember if, if he was late second or early third round draft capital. But they clearly, clearly liked him in the playoffs last year. They really leaned on him as a workhorse. Uh, but getting back to the, the subjects or the, um, the people, the, the players that have been used in the Achilles tears, uh, and, you know, props to Edwin Boris, uh, one, of the, one of the big uh, docs on Twitter, PTs on Twitter. So there you go. There is some words from our doctor at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. He shared some thoughts, and, and I agree. I, I have no problem acquiring uh, Cam Akers. I, 
he's a stud. I had him in my top five or six running backs in a startup. You saw the video the Rams did for him that had him and Eric Dickerson, and you know he was the next great running back in that lineage for the Rams. They didn't really acknowledge Todd Gurley, which I thought was kind of shady, but that's neither here nor there because Gurley's run was short, but it was special, and he was part of that Super Bowl team, but it sucks. I'm not doing anything with Cam Akers right now. Uh, you're just better off holding and letting some of the sting die down. I think that's the worst thing we do in Dynasty in general. We see news, we have to react to it. It's like, how, how often have you seen news, reacted to it, and walked away and felt like you got a deal? I mean, how many people gave away Zeke a few years ago over a suspension that kind of eventually got here for six games? How many people had Tyreek Hill out? Forget suspended. We had him out of the league. We had him in prison. We had him in shackles. We had him in handcuffs. And the guy never missed a game due to suspension. Overreaction is usually the worst reaction. Lay out. Chill. And, you know, reevaluate when it doesn't suck so bad. Because Jerry's right. He's a key cog at any team. Uh, I've got a contractor, a, a fixer-upper episode coming out with one of our patrons named Ryan, and we were literally talking about Cam Akers before all this news came out. So it's a bummer. It's a bummer for him. It's a bummer for all of us, but there's nothing that we can do about it but just chill and give the the emotional side of it, you know, a week or two, see what's up, and then, uh, you know, act accordingly. All right, Jerry, one more news story, and we'll get into the Dirty South. You ready? Yep. Adam Schefter reports or tweets this offseason the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to the Green Bay Packers for five more seasons and made him the highest paid QB and player in football. Rodgers declined the offer. Proof it's not about the money. Jerry, what does this make you think about Aaron Rodgers? That he doesn't want to play football for very long. Uh, why, why, why not? If like, I get that you probably don't trust the Packers to actually help you out since they haven't drafted any wide receivers or anything to actually help you out, but they're going to give you money. They're going to give you a long-term contract and they're not paying you nickels, right? They're going to pay you to be the highest paid quarterback. So it just makes me think like he doesn't want to play that much. Like, what are you? I, I don't know. This Aaron I mean, Rodgers thing. For me, if I'm Green Bay, I'm sticking it to him because what are you going to get from the, the, the alleged suitor is the Denver Broncos. What are you going to get from the Denver Broncos in compensation? Picks? Yeah. Are those picks going to help you win a Super Bowl in 2021? No. So then are you going to get less picks in six months in the spring for Aaron Rodgers than you are now? So trading Aaron Rodgers only does a favor to Aaron Rodgers. What you're going to get in return for Aaron Rodgers does you no good right now. Correct. So if you know you're going to trade him, you can. So here's your choices. He can stick it to himself basically by not playing, miss a year toward, you know, potential touchdown record, career records, yardage career records, passing completion. You're only hurting, he's only hurting himself toward career goals like that. You know, you're, you're going to go higher up those, those all time lists if you play. I think the grown-up thing to do, and this goes for both sides. It goes for the Packers front office and for Aaron Rodgers. Look, dude, we're going to trade you. But this is a Super Bowl contending win-now roster. And without you, it's quite simply not. No, the picks that we would not that we would get in return would not be enough to help us continue our hunt for a Super Bowl. 
we were some bad coaching away from potentially being in the Super Bowl last year because you played a hell of a game in the NFC Championship. But but that's water under the bridge. So we're going to play you. We're going to have a handshake agreement with you and your agent that says, when the season's over, we will move you to the highest suitor. We can move on with the next part of our you know rebuild, and you can go on with the next part of your career. Gentleman's agreement. But for now, for 2021, if he doesn't want to play, he can sit. He can pay him back. I think it's $18 bucks because he could have opted out, right? He could have opted out under the, the COVID policy, kept his money, and still got traded. He wants to play football. He's just being the petulant child that he is. And and it means nothing for me. He's going to continue to have value in Dynasty. you know. And people are like, well, if you don't trade him, then you don't get any. What do you mean if you don't trade him? You got him under contract for four more years. Of course he has value. Do, do you think that if you trade him today, Jerry, you get value from maybe the Denver Broncos? But if you wait a little bit, Pittsburgh Big Ben's probably going to be gone. You think they'd be interested in Aaron Rodgers? What if, Carson, what if Carson Wentz doesn't work out at Indy? That's another, that's another AFC team. You know, what if Tua doesn't work out in Miami? They've got extra firsts. Philadelphia, Philadelphia's got three firsts, and they're already, you know, linked to a criminally, not criminally, but civilly charged Deshaun Watson. You would have multiple suitors, but most teams, it's late July. Most teams have their 2021 QB situation locked up. Could it be better with Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely. There's about two teams in the league that wouldn't be better off with Aaron Rodgers than their current option, but it is what it is. So from a dynasty standpoint, I'm not doing enough. And I think this is the last time, unless he is traded, we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers' offseason. Because you know what, Jerry? I'm, I'm fucking sick of talking about it. Yep, fuck, me I'm fucking too, over it. Yep. Just, let's, just, just move on down the road. Now, I don't have a fancy drop. I don't have a, uh, a fancy intro. I do have one for, I do have one for the... The AFC East, I will save that for then. So these are these are some some takes from me and Jerry. And uh, Jerry, I'm just going to give you this because I, I want to get a sound bite. My man Jake over at the Fantasy Football Smackdown, he's got his soundboard going. We're going to have a battle of the soundboards very soon. But I'm just going to give you this one, Jerry. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Let's lock it up. So Jerry, we're going to look at the AFC South, but we're going to do it from a dynasty point of view. Again. No one gives a rat's ass about Urban Meyer as a head coach. Well, it, it could impact. It doesn't matter. We we can control what we can control. So Jerry and I are going to hit you with some questions um, and some players that we think that we're looking to buy, sell, move. Just some overall questions. Gerald, are you ready for question number one? I believe I am, my friend. Who's a player that you're looking to buy in Dynasty right now before he pops in camp next week? Now. The good thing is is that the NFC South is on Friday's show, and that's the day the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you'll have time. You'll have time to make these moves. But from an AFC South perspective, who are you looking to nab right now before the value goes up? I feel like I have talked about this dude every single episode for like the last two months. It's DJ Chark. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep riding that one until the wheels fall off and I look stupid. I'm either gonna look brilliant or I'm gonna look stupid as hell. He's what do you want? He's six four, six three, ran a four four forty, like has had piss poor quarterback play, crumb bumps and shoe clerks up and down, throwing him the rock. He's had a thousand yard season in fourteen games, I think. 
He had 700 yards last year in a 13-game season with, you know, the corpse of Gardner Minshew. He gets Trevor Lawrence. He's finally, we hope, going to get a quarterback that can sling him the rock. I think he's built more to be an alpha, definitely more so than LaVisca, especially with the amount that LaVisca gets banged up. So if he even goes out and it's just DJ Chark to throw the ball to, dude's going to get peppered. So I think he fits the mold to be an alpha. I think if Trevor Lawrence is this guy, right? Like if he is this man that we all want him to be as a prospect, if he goes from prospect to dynasty star, someone is going to have to reap the rewards. And I think my man, DJ Chark is the one that is set up for it. And Randy, I will live and I will die on that hill. And I am hoping my friend that I get a little bit more of that hype come camp time and come preseason time because I'm not going to be ready for it. And I'm going to be a little bit salty that we didn't take him in the league that we co-owned, but I got enough shares of him. And I believe it was, it was uh, Mr. Randall Young himself who said, I wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. I said oh. I wouldn't piss on him oh. if he was on fire. If you're going to quote me, do it quick, do it correctly. All right. I, I you, you know, I, I like DJ Chark. I posted a tweet a while back and I actually borrowed it from a buddy of mine on Instagram. He runs a Baltimore Ravens fan account and it was, uh, statistically the, the wide receiver one for the last three seasons classes of rookie QBs. None of them have had a thousand yard receiver. So that's a little bit damning. Now we all believe that Trevor Lawrence is a generational, it's a generational QB prospect, and I'm expecting more of what we saw with Andrew Luck as a rookie than what we've seen with some recent QBs, and especially with it being a bad defense in a, in a division where they're going to have to score points. So I could certainly see DJ Chark. Um, I, what I don't like about DJ Chark is when the head coach goes out of his way to say negative things about you in the off season, that's usually pretty damning. And Urban Meyer, so there you go, there's your Urban Meyer take. He said that DJ Chark is a big man who plays small. And I was like, why don't you just walk into his, his life and just slap the taste right out of his mouth? Hurtful. Yeah, Urban Meyer pissed on him already. And slapped him right in the mouth. But you know what? He's in a contract year. Maybe it motivates him. So I, I don't hate some DJ Chark take. Uh, my guy that I'm going to buy before we start seeing this guy do wicked, wicked things in camp is Travis Etienne. Now, I use Fantasy Pros because it's free. It doesn't require a login. I'm not doing a bunch of typing into my DLF account. But they have. And this is, this is probably what happens when you let redraft people have a crack at the old dynasty rankings. But the lads over at Fantasy Pros have Travis Etienne as their RB18 in a, in a startup. What in the blue? What? This is why we can't have nice things, Jerry. I mean, they, they have him behind the, the likes of Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler, but he's 27. And a guy who, outside of one magical year, really hasn't put a lot together. Decent contract. D decent contract. But right now, l let's say, you know, it, it does matter if you're a contender versus a rebuilder. But would you rather have J.K. Dobbins or Travis Etienne? See, that's tough for me. You know I'm a J.K. Dobbins guy and a James Robinson guy. Uh, I think I'd rather have Dobbins, but it's just by a hair. It's cool, but it's, it's cool because you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but, but, but my point is, is there are, you know, um, I would have had Cam Akers, obviously, beforehand. But Zeke, 27? I mean, you're talking about just this year? Cool. 
cool in the gang. Completely different conversation. I think Zeke's going to have a wonderful year as long as he stays healthy. But in Dynasty, this is where you have him for their career, or in some cases, what's left of their career, and what Zeke got. One, maybe two good years left. Man, I think we're going to have a career's worth of great games out of Travis Etienne. He's going to grow in this offense along with this quarterback, the offensive line. They'll continue to add pieces there. This is a team that's got a little bit of draft capital, and we'll see what they do. But I am not I am not going to miss out on a Travis Etienne share because I didn't act before training camp. All right, Jerry. So if you're looking to buy one guy before camp starts, who are you looking to sell once training camp starts and you see people uh, doing their thing? <sighs> this one's tough, man. Because there's a, I think there's a guy, a, at least one guy for sure, that just in general I would sell. So I would say Derrick Henry off of that one. But that's sort of a lazy one that I don't want to do. Um, It's also tough because I don't really know. There's so many different situations in this division. And I know I'm doing a cop-out right now, but that's what I do because I'm lazy. There's so many guys that could really just fall on their face, right? Like Carson Wentz is one. Like I like Carson Wentz. You like Carson Wentz. I don't think he's going to fall on his face. He could easily fall on his face. Um, I, I think my guy is Ryan Tannehill, though. And it's because Julio Jones is there now. So with Julio Jones there, you, I believe, are expected, what I would believe at least, you're expected to throw the ball a little bit better. You've got A.J. effing Brown. You've got Julio effing Jones. And you've got Derrick Henry still. I mean, that's still going to be the cornerstone of the offense. But if you've got those two guys, you are really going to need to take this to the next level. This is no longer you can lose, you know, in the AFC championship. You can lose in in the divisional round. You get to the show and you win or you get it close. You know, it's tough to win a a ship with Tom Brady and the Tom Brady generation, but you better get your ass there. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill can do it. He's good. He's, he's, you know, I don't know. He's not sexy for by any means, but I just think it's tough. So I think he's got pretty good value where you're getting him. You know, I've seen him as high as the late second in startups third rounds in super flex. I don't think he can live up to that. And I think his ADP is going to start dipping. So I would say Ryan Tannehill, I'm not entirely confident in it. It's a little bit bigger of a name. Randy, who did you go with? What do you think of Ryan Tannehill? Did I reach? Well, I'm going to discuss Ryan Tannehill in a different category. So I'm not going to get too much in him now. Let me give you my guy. He's from your neck of the woods. He plays for the Houston Texans. It's Nico Collins. I, I People want him to be a thing so bad. This is what I don't understand. This is also part of my, my mindset on Justin Fields. We literally trash an organization, their front office, and every decision that they make until they take a player we like. Then all of a sudden they become Mensa members. We're convinced they're the smartest. They've got it all figured out. How could this player that I like not not work in an organization? Here's the thing. They're going to move Deshaun Watson. I don't think they moved Deshaun Watson this year, but I do think they're going to move Deshaun Watson very, very soon. I think as early as next offseason. I'm on record as saying that I think he goes to Philadelphia. It's, uh, as Adam Schefter called it, one of the worst-kept secrets in the NFL. 
And but here's the thing, Jerry. What, what would they get back for Deshaun Watson? You have any guesses? I, I think I have. I think I have the answer. Well, if you have the answer, give it away, man. The 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 word is about four first round picks, and if you have four first round picks, obviously you're going to take a different quarterback. The intent is to replace Deshaun Watson with a permanent solution. I don't think Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor are that, but you're also going to have a lot of other first round draft capital. You think maybe they might invest in a wide receiver, a, a, a legit wide receiver one. They still have Brandon Cooks there. They still have uh, Randall Cobb there. He, he might have a good game here or there. I, I just don't believe the hype. I'm not believing the hype. He was, what, a third-round rookie pick in 1QB and probably a borderline third-fourth in Superflex tight end premium? I mean, he's a guy that, you know, if, if he flashes a little bit in camp, because you know he's going to body some third-string cornerback, because he's 6'4". I think the ceiling with this kid is your boy, DJ Chark, and the floor is Doriel Green-Beckham. So I'm I'm just not super hyped on Nico Collins. He's fine. He's okay. But I think the hype's going to get out of control. We're already seeing buzz, peach, buzz pieces per Bleacher Report coming out that he could see a lot of targets. Well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, they're on a bad team, bad defense. They're going to be behind a lot. They're going to be chucking the ball. But what's the quality of those targets? What's his ability to convert? He'll have a flash game here or there. If you're in a dynasty best ball, which is a growing format of dynasty, I'm cool with Nico Collins. He might win you a week, maybe two. But having to figure out which week to plug Nico Collins into my roster anytime in the near future is not something I'm looking forward to. So I'm going to let the sizzle heat up and I'm going to be trying to move Nico Collins and a third Nico Collins and maybe a second and just give me a 2022 first and I'm going to move on down the road. Jerry, what do you think about Nico Collins? And then give me a player that you're going to look back on as the season gets going and wished that you had sold. Like you're not, you're not convinced that you're ready to sell them yet, but you're going to look back and you just know you're going to regret not selling them. So, so Nico Collins and then your, your guy there. Um, let me say this about Nico Collins. I love every single opportunity I get to shit on a Michigan Wolverine player. It is something that warms my heart at every single opportunity. But I like Nico Collins. I understand why the hype is there. I know why the fluff pieces are there because there's nobody else there. Like it's Brandon Cooks and then it's somebody. So somebody's got to show up, right? And he's the guy wow. that got drafted. Well, we, we both like Brandon Cooks, so let's get that out of the way. Well, that's what I mean. But, like, he's but there, if, but but he's 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 old busted, right? Like, he's, he's, but he's not, not. He's not. The, I, I know, but I, I am being the dynasty narrative right now. Like, he's oh, not okay. the new, he's not the new shiny guy. Can you use, but, a, like, like a special voice so that I know it's a dynasty <laughs> narrative going yeah, forward? I, I, I'm asking. I, I'm just, thank you. I can do that. But, like, Migo Collins is a good jump ball player. Like, he is the one guy. Because I, I believe it or not, I live in the shadow of Michigan Stadium. I watch them a lot. He's the one wide receiver that they've had, not Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, who's the other guy they had, not any of the other guys that get all this hype. He's the one guy that actually performed. He had two touchdowns in the Ohio State game against, you know, one of the elite defenses that the Buckeyes always have, right? He's good. Is he going to be consistent? No, I think you had a good call on best ball, which is just a code for not a consistent player and not someone you should invest in in dynasty. I like him. He's fine. As far as the guy that I am holding on to, and I think I should sell. Um, 
I'm stealing one from Randy. Believe it or not, I've got a show sheet, so I know he's got two names. I'm stealing one of them. It's Derrick Henry. You assume Derrick Henry is going to get a ton of work, right? Like he's Derrick effing Henry, and that's what he does. And I agree that he probably is, but his age is getting up there. If he doesn't meet the expectations that he has set for himself in the last two years, on top of the fact that he has gotten even yet again a year older, does not get the receptions that sort of keep that floor. He's going to need immense amounts of carries to continue doing what he's been doing. As he's getting older, I'm not necessarily certain that that's going to be the case. I think even if he performs great, you're still going to wish you traded now because the value is just not going to be there. Like it's one thing if you're a super contender and I don't mean a contender. I don't mean like you look at your team and you're like, this is a playoff team. Like I'm going to be, no, I want the steamroller team. The one where you look at your roster and you know, damn well, you are going to just mop the floor with everybody. Keep Derrick Henry, right? Like I'm, I'm not mad at you. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like no matter what the man does, his value is going to decline, even if he is good. So, well, I'm going to go to his teammate. I'm going to go Ryan Tannehill. There we go. Listen, listen it, it, it's it's hard to let go of a guy who's had you know two really good years, and you know he he in 12 games in 2019 he had 22 touchdowns. 2,800 yards. Last year, he had 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns. I mean, he's at a career high. But you know I'm not sold on this new offensive coordinator. This defense is going to be bad. And I know there's the addition of Julio Jones, but I think at the end of the season, we're going to look back, and he's going to finish somewhere around the neighborhood of you know, QB 12, 13, 14. And we're going to in Dynasty, it's 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 just the narrative. He's going to be 33, going to be 34 this time next year. And we're going to start picking him apart, and we're going to start calling him a little bit. Is he Matt Ryan? Is he Kirk Cousins? And all of a sudden, we've we've forgotten about those you know QB7 seasons and, and those great late-season runs that he's had. And I just think from a Dynasty perspective, again, we have to separate what he's going to do this year and what the rest of his career looks like. And you're going to look back and you're going to wish that maybe you had, and I get that quarterbacks can play until they're 40, but how many quarterbacks actually do that? Well, we've got Tom Brady, uh, an avocado ice cream eating enigma. you got Drew Brees, who played until 40, but really the last two years he did not look very good. And maybe you'll get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Big Ben's 39 and has been falling apart for two seasons, and he's been headed out to the dynasty dump for the last two to three seasons. We're not that far off to where a Ryan Tannehill. So I'm not going to have that regret. I'm going to hope Ryan Tannehill gets off to a booming start. And I'm going to hope that the Bears are continuing to be stupid because that's what the Bears are. They're dumb. They're ran by buffoons. And I'm going to hope that I can trade Ryan Tannehill straight up for Justin Fields. Or maybe Jimmy G is off to a good start in San Francisco. And maybe I can get a Trey Lance from a contender for a... Uh, a Ryan Tannehill. That's what I'm looking to do. It's not about him. It's about where I think this team's headed with this offense, his age, just a, just a combination of factors. So I'm not moving him now, but I would not be surprised if I looked back in two or three months and been like, God bless America. I wish I'd have moved him. All right. Um, and who's the biggest upside play in the division? I'll take this one first. And for me, it's Michael Pittman. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago with Izzy Elkafas of the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I mean, I've, I've shared with our patron group many 
podcast of Chris Ballard, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, just gushing about this kid, um, about all the things that he thinks he could do. Um, their belief in Michael Pittman is why they were not more active in the veteran trade market for a wide receiver like Julio Jones. And I really liked how he put it. You know, people are much more comfortable with what they know. People do not like the unknown, and, and that goes for all of us. And if you're looking for a fantastic conversation with Chris Ballard, he was on the Pat McAfee show a couple, uh, maybe 10 days ago, and he was on the Athletic Podcast with uh, Nate Tice. So a couple of good conversations with Chris Ballard. If you want to hear firsthand his thoughts of this team and this wide receiver group, I actually like Zach Cat Pascal. Speaking of like cheap dynasty best ball plays, you can get Zach. Dude, Chris Ballard likes him. Frank Reich likes him. He had a decent season last year. T.Y. Hilton, not the healthiest cat around. There's a world where Zach Pascal in a best ball. I don't want to have to figure out which fucking week to play of Zach Pascal. I'm just saying. There will be a week or two where you wished you'd have had him in your lineup or in a DFS. Just good luck picking that week. But Chris Ballard likes his wide receivers. Michael Pittman, I think he was worth like a 13 in the DTC. And I just I just see a ton of upside for this guy. So I, t- I took the low-hanging fruit. It's my only Colt, by the way, by the way, for the rest of the AFC South. My only Colt. Jerry, thoughts on Pittman, and who's your biggest upside play in the division? Uh, that one's fine. I sort of figured you were going to go with Michael Pittman because – that's the thing about this one. Like, if they hit, they're monsters, right? So I think my guy's going to be Travis Etienne. You already talked about him, so I'm not going to get super into it. If he's a hit. Oh, hey, the, he, then Jerry, Jerry, hold on. I'm, I'm going to do this for you then, buddy, because I'm doing something nice for you. Look at this guy. Finally. I have made it, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I just want to give you a round of applause for a Travis Etienne take. Good job, Jerry. I mean, if, if he hits, he's a grand slam, right? Like, he's a pass catcher. He's a great runner. He's explosive. He can do whatever he wants. If he's the dude, he's going to knock it out of the park, and he's, you know, he's going to be in that Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift sort of hype that we're seeing in this offseason. I mean, not quite Cam Akers anymore, but you get what I'm saying, right? So he jumps into that back into the first rounds of startup drafts, beginning of the second round. He's... I think that one's easy. That happens with running backs. Any young running back that hits, honestly, I could have, you underhanded that one to me just because young running backs always explode and he's the young guy in this division. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move on to the player who will outperform their current value. Jerry, who's a player that in Dynasty that maybe you can get for dirt, dirt cheap in the AFC South that you believe will way outperform their current value, especially on, like, say, a contender or a team that might need some depth. Okay. Well, initially, I did not know we were going to go dirt cheap. I was going to say James Robinson because I thought that one was easy just because people hate James Robinson and he could still easily get a ton of workload. Um, so I'm going to throw it back to you so I can think about it real quick. Who's Who is your cheap guy? Who's Randy's guy here? Well, my cheap guy is Philip Lindsay of the Houston Texans. A good one. Um, you know, the, the, the two guys in front of him, I, I was pulling their ages as we were talking, are Mark Ingram, are David Johnson, and Rex Burkhead. Now, I'm currently getting the age of one Rex Burkhead. But do you know what all of these guys have in common so far, Jerry? What is that? They're all 29 and a half years of age or older and all have... I don't want to say a significant, but a recent significant injury history. Dude, and Philip Lindsay's solid. I mean, he's never going to be confused for 
Bo Jackson or you know any other really great running back, Adrian Peterson of all time. But he's solid, man. He's a guy that in Denver had an RB1 season as an undrafted rookie. He was kind of James Robinson before James Robinson. In 2018, he had 1,000 yards rushing. He had nine TDs. He had 35 receptions two years in a row. So you have a bunch of old and busted. You know, he's, he's not the youngest cat. He's 26. But, I mean, he's a guy with a career rushing yards per attempt of 4.8 an attempt. I mean, he's a guy that, that's going to come in there. Uh, I did him. I, I did a breakdown for him on one of our patron shows about cheap guys that I'm looking to buy. Philip Lindsay is just a dude. Um, he's played the last three years. He's played 15, 16, and 11 games. So pretty durable. You know, he averages eh, 14 games a season. It's pretty good for a running back. 17-game season, if you're a contender, you're going to need depth, and he's worth about 2.5 on the Dynasty calculator, the Dynasty trade calculator, I should say. That equates to like a mid to late third in 2021. So if I can give you a third for Philip Lindsay, if I'm a contender, I'm in. I'm all the way in. He would be a great guy to look. If you don't want to blow up your roster because you just lost Cam Akers, you know, zig where everybody else is zagging. Everybody else, the natural move is to go overpay for Daryl Henderson like a dumbass. How about you just go and see if you can get some dirt cheap Philip Lindsay and see if he can't tide you over through the first part of the season. So there you go, Jerry. Did that give you time to look into a guy? It did. Um, you ready for my guy? Marvin um, Jones. Marvin, Marvin Jones? Jones? So I've been talking a lot You're about Jag. You're team Jag tonight. I, apparently. Duval. I, oh, sorry. Just throw that yeah. out there because that's for you. What is what is Duval? Do you know? Is it like That's the, the county, county they're in? Du, du, oh, okay. du, Duval okay. County is, I believe, the county of the state of Florida that the Jacksonville Jaguars reside. So that's okay. Duval. I was not David, not David Duval, the former golfer, but just Duval. Listen, they just that needs to be uh, Fred Durst of Flint Biscuits. They he just needs to be their theme song and everything about them because he's a redneck. Hashtag Florida man. Yeah, redneck you know, fucker from Jacksonville. You, you want to have some fun? Google search your birth date, just the month in the year. Like mine would be one. Oh, you got Fred my, Durst? My, no, mine would be one fourteen, oh. and then Florida man. So to put in the month oh, okay. and date of your birth in Google, and then the words Florida man. The the shit you will find is just fantastic. But I'm sorry, you want to tell us more about Marvin Jones? So he is worth Florida man. <laughs> according sort of uh according to the DTC he is worth a astounding 1.8 which is almost not worth typing in to the calculator in the first place because that's nothing uh he could easily be the wide receiver one i mean i know i've hyped up DJ Chark cuz he's the young guy and he's sort of got that same sort of build marvin jones has 18 touchdowns the last two seasons I'm literally a Detroit Lions fan, and I had no idea that Marvin Jones had 18 touchdowns the last two seasons. He's free. If you're a contender, you need a wide receiver three. You could do worse for a guy who gets nine touchdowns in effing season. Hey, and, I, and, and he's free. I, I like so, Marvin so, so Jones. His, his I, trade calculator is a 1.8. Where, where are you getting that man in a draft, Randy? Like 17th round, 16th round, 18th round? You're free. just, you're just, yeah, just, exactly. Just, He's a great. If you're a contender and you're making a move, and obviously you'd be making a bigger move, but if you can get Marvin Jones 
thrown in on the back end of a deal as like your wide receiver four or five. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Cam Akers is the tip of the iceberg. The injury news, as much as it sucks, is only going to continue. A big name wide receiver is going to get hurt in camp. You know, some, something's going to happen. Someone's not going to pan out. And you're going to wish like hell. You know, maybe you drafted Elijah Moore. And maybe it's just not popping in year one. Maybe the offense in, in, in New York with the Jets just isn't clicking. You know what? Maybe he was going to be your wide receiver for. All of a sudden, a guy like a DJ Chark is going to look really, really good. Maybe a guy like Philip, you know, Lindsay could, could be the guy who is the bridge between the start of the season and when Javante Williams takes off. These are the kind of guys that as we do these divisional previews, Jerry and I, some of our guest hosts that are going to pop in and do these things with us, we're not going to insult your intelligence. We're not going to go out and tell you, you know what you need to do? You need to go get Jonathan Taylor. I, I've heard he's good at football. Huh. Jerry, write that down. Write that down. A.J. Brown and, and Jonathan Taylor, you got your pencil? Write that down. They are good at football. No, we're not doing that to you here. We want to give you sound, practical dynasty advice going into the season that can actually help you win the league. All right, Jerry, let's go out on a fun note. It's not necessarily a high note, but it's a fun note. Let's talk the biggest bust in the division. I'm going to let you go first because I'm going to melt some faces on the way out the door. You know what, Randy? We have the same guy. So I'm just going to let you do it because you clearly It's, it's because are it's ready I'm older, it. right? It's because I'm older. I'm tougher. Yeah, uh, I work like, out. I'm soft. So, I can't so, help so, it. So I have this these broad shoulders to help the slings and arrows uh, of the, the YouTube and Twitter people that are going to take me to the woodshed for saying that Julio Jones is going to be a bust in 2021. Now look, guys, I know he got hurt last year. I know he was on pace for his seventh straight 1,000-plus yard receiving season. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, But did you know, Jerry, that Ryan Tannehill attempted, in the last 28 games, that since he's been the starter, he has attempted less than 24 throws a game. Now, I, I think he may throw a little bit more, but that's not a lot of, that's not a lot of volume. You know, it's just, he's still Julio Jones. Now, in a redraft league, again, I'm going to continue because the closer we get to the season, the more what we do with the Dynasty War Zone is going to get cross-populated with what our homies Jake and Kyle do over at the Fantasy Football Smackdown and what you'll hear on a national basis from guys like the Fantasy Footballers and Matthew Berry and Field Yates and, and a lot of others. I just think that, you know, Julio's not worth a lot in trade anymore anyway, just due to his age and dynasty being full of a bunch of ageists. But I'm not going to look around. I just think that Julio's probably going to give you 12 games, maybe 13. You know, it feels like he's on the injury report every single week. Now, he plays. To his credit, he plays. But I think the minute that the Tennessee Titans could fall out of contention because their defense is that bad... You know, Julio wants to get all three years and $66 million of that contract extension. I believe this is year one. So how do you get that? You make sure you play in 2022 and 2023 so you get that nice nest egg. I just, I see a lot of factors working against him. I still like Julio the dude, but he is 31, going to be 32, and we've seen a lot of great wide receivers. Maybe not Julio Jones great. But A.J. Green in his prime was a pretty damn good wide receiver. Jordy Nelson did not have the draft or the college pedigree of a Julio Jones or even an A.J. Green. 
But there was a hell of a run for a guy like Jordy Nelson in the NFL where I think he was a top five wide receiver like a bajillion years in a row. But all of a sudden, you get that age 32, 31, 33 season, and yes, you can throw all the outliers at me you want. You can you can throw the oddball Terrell Owens season. I get it. You can throw an oddball AJ, uh, say AJ, Andre Johnson year out there. Those are the exceptions. The rule is, is these guys, especially with a guy built like Julio and his injury history, I mean, Jerry, you're about the same age as Julio Jones as, as much as the thing that, that cracks me up. But you can barely walk downstairs, and I, I don't know. Just, just a lot of things. I like Julio. Um, I would love to see one healthy year out of Julio. I also think not playing in a dome nine times a year because he had the game in in New Orleans every year. It's a fast track. You know, what's it going to look like? I, I haven't had a chance to look at his grass versus dome splits, but I know that there's uh, – there's always been an advantage uh, to playing in a dome for a lot of people. Julio could be the exception. Again, I didn't have time to mine that data. Jerry, you have the same guy. Let's talk about it. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, he does play in a dome in Houston and in Indy, so he, he's getting some dome games in the division. I don't know. It's just a new situation. A.J. Brown's there. He's older. And listen, yes, we are the same age. We're very close. It's. I don't even think we're the same species. If you if you saw us both with a shirt on, you would not think we're the same species. So I'm not. I, go I would love. Way. I would love to no, see you I and would, Julio Jones staying side by side not. with your shirts off. I would be emasculated in the moment it happened. It's. It's just a big change. I think it's going to be great for Tennessee, and and I do, and I I root for Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I like Mike Rabel. I think AJ Brown and Julio there is going to be so fun to watch with Derrick Henry. I just don't want to rely on him. Even in redraft, I don't want to rely on him. He's just – there's going to be other players in that range that I just don't really want to mess with. You said it much better than I ever could. I don't know. It just – and he's never been a touchdown guy, right? Like, he's always been get four or five touchdowns. So, it's just tough. I don't know. I feel like when it gets down to the end and, and you, you're you going to want – like. Oh, he's he's in a new situation, and you know he's going to get somebody that's going to throw to him on the goal line. No, the hell they're not, because Derrick Henry is a freight train. Just give the ball to Derrick Henry and let him destroy people. So that's I'm with you. I it it hurts my soul a little bit because I like watching guys. You know, if 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 anybody's an outlier, I will say this: it's probably Julio Jones. Like you mentioned, Terrell Owens and Andre Johnson; those are Hall of Fame guys. Julio is a Hall of Fame guy. Completely understand. So. I, it could definitely be wrong, and it could backfire in both of our faces. But I'm definitely going with Julio, uh, Greg. Homer. I call him uh, Greg. Yeah, our, our homie and, Greg. Forget, forget, I called him Greg. His name's G. He's like Cher. He's just got one name. He said the biggest bust was Jerry drafting quarterbacks. That's rude, man. You always got to come into my chat and be a bully every time. Eight, Eighteen hours away, all those time zones away, still being a bully. Let me ask you a question real quick on Julio, and then we'll we'll, we'll start gradually take this one in. If, yep. if he if he had this stat line, if he had ninety two targets, this is in fourteen games, ninety two targets, sixty five catches, nine hundred and eighty five yards, five touchdowns, is that a successful season? I think it would be good for the Titans. Yes, because that's what Corey Davis did last year. Corey Davis played fourteen games. He had sixty. He had ninety two targets, sixty five catches. Well, I'm not going to give him a thousand yard season, but I'm not going to be a prick either and not round up and say, right. "Hey, it's a right. thousand yards and five touchdowns." 
Because here's the thing. Do I think 32-year-old Julio Jones is better than 25-year-old Corey Davis? I would say maybe, but by how much? I mean, Corey Davis is you know a hell of an athlete, good wide receiver, just never never lived up to his draft capital. But I would say that that's a fair barometer yeah. of what we could probably expect out of Julio Jones. Maybe those numbers get a bit of a goose because they lost Jonu Smith as well. But I, oh, I, I, oh no. I think that's don't, the ceiling. Don't throw away 400 yards and, and, and eight TDs. But but <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing. I, I think if, if Julio Jones finishes the season with 65, 70 catches, a thousand yards, and maybe eight TDs, I don't think it's a bust season. If no, if your if, if 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 your name's Quintez Cephas, if your no, name's Nico shit. Collins, but it feels like a bust when your name yeah. is Julio jones so that's why i put him in this category so jerry i got a couple of things before we wrap this up i do want to play a less than 30 second commercial from my man matt over at hate brand goods but i do want to say a couple of things first of all the goat shorts that both you know an item is sought after when you get text messages from your friends about they can't wait to buy them and they have a calendar alert to remind them to order them on thursday they're the new blue and floral goat shorts that's really the majority of what i wear i do have some of the t-shirts i have some joggers but i love the goat shorts i've got more shorts than i can wear in a given week and they're going to drop this new color uh, and this new style on thursday and it's the drop that we've been waiting for you can check them out over at the promo code memphis will get you a discount at checkout as well as the bags, the accessories, the other clothes, the apparel. It's a great deal. So check it out. I'm going to play this quick commercial, and then we're going to wrap this up. Hate brand goods. That's us. I'm very, very proud of the brand and very proud of what we stand for, man. We stand for those who give a shit. We want to be with those who want to do more. And no matter what your pursuit is and whatever it is, as long as you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're being accountable to what your goals are, we got your back. Hate brand goods. Spread hate. Always party. And, and there you go. And by the way, if you're curious of Matt and his message, he recently re- released a short film about his documentary through eight knee surgeries, a total knee replacement, and then hiking an ultra marathon or an ultra hike or something in Bryce Canyon. If you just search Matt Vincent and the word fragile on YouTube, it's a 38 minute video about him. It's just, you know, there's nothing that you can't do. Uh, he's a cool guy and he's got a great message and I'm really proud that he supports our podcast. But uh, Jerry, we're going to be back here tomorrow night doing the exact same thing. The episode probably won't go quite as long because we don't have as much news unless someone else ruptures something. Jerry, can you try to avoid rupturing anything? Can you let the NFL know not to rupture anything in the next 24 hours so we can have a shorter show this time tomorrow? I can, I can do my best. Here's the thing. If something happens to me, you still wouldn't notice because either way, my ass going to be hobbling around. So, yeah, today was today was one of those damn days, Randy, where you get the notification, and it just sucks, right? Like, it just sucks the life. From I was hoping everybody. it was fake. I was hoping yeah, it was fake because th- there was a fake Todd Gurley tweet going around on Sunday into Monday that he had signed yeah. with Baltimore, which wasn't true. Yeah, speaking, speaking of I, which, I totally bit that until today. You always you know, do. I'm an idiot. I can't you, help it. You have a born to lose tattoo across your back. I've seen it. <laughs> but but no, man, it, it was a bummer of a day. But, you know, there, there's some good teams to talk about on the Friday show. So that will be live on a Wednesday on a YouTube channel, and it will be a podcast on Friday. Um, lots of good stuff coming up, man. That's why you want to subscribe everywhere. 
You never know when you'll get something early. You'll never know when you get bonus content. And we're ramping up to seven days a week in season. It'll be six before you know it. I'm sure Tyler and Lou will start dropping by with some preseason DFS for all you DFS degenerates. Nerds. We'll, we'll, nerds, indeed. We'll eventually get Dr. Kyle back here to talk some betting props with me and some sides and some totals, as well as a lot of stuff. The only thing that we ask of you, if you want to check out Hate Brand Goods at thehviii.com, you want to check out Trophy Smack and get a new trophy for your league. You want to check out Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. That's all cool. Super rad. I, we dig you. But if you just want to support us and, and, and you're not in a position to do it with your dollar, that's cool. Or Euro or whatever form of currency you use. We have patrons from all over the world. And I believe Hate Brand ships internationally. But if you just want to do us a solid, you want to do something nice, you're, you, you, you're, you're clicking pause, or you're, you're deleting this, this podcast out of your browser history, and you're like, God damn, those boys are funny. Go over to Apple, leave us a five-star, comment on the YouTube video, interact with us on Twitter. That's how we're going to grow this thing. It's free for you. It takes seconds. It takes seconds, but I will tell you, it means the world to Jerry and I. It Jerry, really does. I, I, love it, I love it when Jerry uses a nonverbal head nod on an audio <laughs> podcast. Listen, there's this. There's thing. a four star well, review I'm coming. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at myself, right? So that's so I just assume everybody can see me because I see me, and I'm like, that is a good looking some bitch if I've ever seen one. No, hey, hey, yes, Jerry, it, it means the world. What? <laughs> and he's a dickhead. No. It, it does mean the world. Every time every time I see somebody wearing a DWZ shirt, every time I read the reviews, even if you're a dickhead. We've had a couple. Not a few and far between, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it because it means you listen to me. At least one time. I got you, sucker. Hey, I, I want your good comments. I want your bad comments. I, I don't take this too personally. You yeah. know, you can tell me my comments are bad. That's cool. I'd love for you to, to, to add some context to it. Hey, I don't think you're right, and here's why. Here's some data, or, or, or here's some factual-based opinion. But that's cool, man. That, that's why we do the podcast. On the way out, I want to give a shout-out to Greg and David and Andrew and Stacy and Andrew again. And by the way, Andrew says, Memphis, what is your favorite hat? The hat I am wearing. This is my son's baseball club. This is the Hamilton Southeastern Royals, Royals Baseball Club. And it looks like he's going to be on this team for probably the next four years. So if my son and my money are going to this team, I might as well wear, wear the <laughs> damn hat. So that's it. If, I, if my other favorite hat would probably be it's my Boston Red, my Boston Red oh, Sox hat. Man, um, I, I'm a hat guy. Um, I have a green Titleist hat. It's a special edition from the Masters a few years ago. A friend of mine who's a golf professional gave me that hat. So that's most of the hats, most of the hats that I wear um, have some significance. This one right here just happens to be my son's club. We got tryouts on Thursday, so if uh, you want to you want to uh, send some positive thoughts his, his way, he is trying to graduate from 13U to 15U. So we could uh, certainly use your thoughts. But Jerry, let's get out of here because we're gonna be back here in less than 24 hours. We'll just talk more then. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. All right, man. So listen, on behalf of that man, thank you so much. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show everywhere. And that man's Jerry Sinclair at Jerry Sin DWZ. I'm at DWZ Memphis. And remember, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great one. Stop hiding those lies. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the 
official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global. That is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store and then you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak